Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the show where we talk to people who are involved in independent music, whether it's punk, hardcore, metal, indie rock, emo, whatever it is, we talk about it, we dissect it, we really, 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 really dive deep into the people that are involved with this stuff. If this is your first time here, welcome. There's a seat in the back, grab a cup of coffee, plenty of room for you here. And you also have like 500 some odd episodes to catch up on. <laughs> Sometimes people legitimately email me and you can email me at 100 wordspodcast at gmail.com and are like, where should I start? And I say, anywhere. <laughs> you, can, you can have any of these discussions put right into your ear holes. Just, just pick a spot, any spot. This is not like a narrative podcast where you need to listen to every single episode, but you'll notice there's some similarities. But I am thrilled to welcome a second time guest on this show. You know me, I tend to not really bring people back on the show unless it's been a long period of time or there's a real pressing reason to make this happen. And this is my friend, Scott Lee. He is a man about town in the music industry, so to speak. But the reason I have him on is the relaunch of the New England Metal and Hardcore Festival in Worcester, Massachusetts. I used to joke around and say Worcester, but it's like that is a horrible Boston accent, and that's not even how you say it with a Boston accent. But Scott Lee runs the thing with many other people involved, but um, he you know, picks the lineups, executes a lot of stuff. Really, really cool. It's a festival that hasn't been going on for the past couple of years for many obvious reasons, but... Uh, it, uh, it has come back with a vengeance. Like, let me just give you some of the uh, the bands that we got going on. So it's like, you know, Parkway Drive, Lamb of God, Hatebreed, Shadows Fall, Terror, Black Dahlia Murder. So many cool bands. Vain. It's just, it's a great two-day festival. I've been to it many times in the past, and I'm thrilled because I'm going to be going out there and doing some live podcasts from the event really, really fun. So anyways, had to have Scott on, talk to him about his perspective on the music industry, post-pandemic, you know, festival lineups and curation. He also manages a ton of bands. So, and he also runs a merch company. Like I said, he's a man about town, but I was very, very happy to have him on the show again. What you can do as a listener to support this show for $0 is you can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. I know you hear that repeatedly 
unlike millions of other podcasts that you listen to, but it genuinely does help. And you can take 30 seconds out of your day to do that for this show. I greatly appreciate that. And you can also leave a rating on the Spotify platform. Those are the ways that the show gets discovered and, you know, all all the algorithms can work in our favor if you do that. Because I see you, there's like legit less than, you know, maybe 1% of the people in the audience that actually do that. But uh, I would appreciate if you would do that for the show. And like I said, I love email. You can email the show at 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear feedback, all that sort of stuff. And uh, continue to support You're the Knife. I will toss a link in the show notes if you have not paid attention as of late. Year of the Knife, Maddie, who is the vocalist of the band, she is currently in the hospital. The band got in a pretty severe van accident. It's awful. And uh, there's a GoFundMe out there, so I will drop a link in the show notes, and you can absolutely donate there. I have done so, and um, yeah, we continue to hope, pray, give good vibes, whatever belief system you have towards Maddie as she recovers, because um, yeah, it's it's awful. And obviously, we would love to see the band get back on their feet and out there on the road, but it's going to be quite a long journey. So go do that, because uh, yeah, great band and great people. So Let's dive into the conversation with Mr. Scott Lee. I love it. New England Metal and Hardcore Festival coming up in September. I want to say it's like the 17th and 18th. It's a Friday and Saturday. Could be butchering those dates, but so many great bands. And I look forward to uh, hanging out with you and talking to uh, some people out there. So let's go. Here's Scott. It felt like a while ago that we uh, podcasted and then I looked at the date and I was like, oh, it was actually right before the pandemic. So, you know, yeah. that's like four years ago or whatever. But um, the what's interesting to me, and I'm sure you're observing it as well, where it seems like many industries, you know, music, entertainment, whatever, now that they've had to weather a seismic shift in, you know, COVID shutting everything down. It seems like a lot of things are as strong as it ever has been from a sort of business perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Other things have changed drastically. What, uh, I guess, you know, in general, what are your observations now that, you know, the world is obviously is what it is now? Um, I think there's a lot of things like with the music industry, it's, it's you know, shows, you know, coming out of the box, you know, when COVID was, you know, f- going away, which is weird to say. And yeah. I don't know. That's whatever, but yep. uh, seeing bands just go out there and you know selling out shows and just it's just it just became back so quickly. You know what I mean? It's like okay, here we go. You know, it's like it, it seems like all right, is this really going to happen? Are we going to go backwards or is this this what what's going to happen here? And um, we did a, I did a reunion last year with Shadows Fall at the Palladium, and it was just like it was towards the end of COVID. And it was sold out, and it was awesome, and and you know it was like, and everybody, it seemed like everybody wanted to get the fuck out of their house, and it was like, yeah, we're going, here we go, yeah, what's COVID? Doesn't matter, let's go, and it was just, it was incredible, and um, I, it, it, like it sold out, and like, and Brian Fair said it the best. He goes, you know, at the end of the show, he's like, and like, 
I knew 30 people that got COVID from that show. Right. And it wasn't like nobody died. Nobody, it wasn't anything bad, whatever. But Ryan yeah. was, I saw COVID floating in the air and you could see it. And it was just And it was, it was crazy. It was just because it was so, you know, it was so like so many people there and it was just like, it's hot as shit. So it was just like, I could see it floating in the air. It was crazy. Right. And, and you know, Brian, Brian's our favorite metal hippie. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He knows, he knows what's up. And it, it, it is interesting to, like you were talking about where, you know, when people started to book tours and I know that so many bands ran into the problem of obviously everybody going out at once. And so there's this huge backlog of not only venues getting like, you know, 14th and 15th holds yep. down to, you know, like vans and buses being like, it's like, good luck trying to find that. Yeah. People are calling me like, you know, me with a bus, you know, I'm like, no, doc, what, what, no, no, what are you talking about? Like, there's so many, bu- there's not enough buses, there's not enough bandwagon. It's just crazy. I'm like, yeah, because, you know, floodgates open. That's what it was, you know? Yep. And everybody's trying to make all their money they lost or, you know, you know, put on the side. It's just like, it, it was just incredible. You know, it's like, yeah, do this, do this, do this. And like, People just wanted to get out and have fun and hang out with their friends that didn't see for, you know, in the time. You know, it's like, it's just, it was a weird time. It was a very weird time. Like, the first, you know, we did, uh, with Soundwing, VIP ticketing company that I own, and, like, we did the first year of Furnace Fest coming back. And people were so happy just to be outside and watching a show, and it was so exciting. And it was just like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, you can step on my toe. It doesn't matter. I'm outside. It's great. You know, blah, blah, blah. It was just like people are so happy. And then, like, and then it just, like, came on, like, and then COVID was, like, like almost done. And then you see people just, like, and then it went back to people became miserable because they had to go back to doing everything normal again. It was weird. It was weird yeah. times. You know what I mean? Like, a year later, it was just, like, weird times people were just like angry again they were like more angry than they were i felt like you know and, yeah. and but i i you know i think everybody get the joy of just going to shows again you know what i mean doing things and seeing seeing their favorite bands and doing their thing you know what i mean so yeah absolutely what um you know one of your uh many feathers in your cap beyond like you were talking about the ticketing company you obviously have a you know mm-hmm. ownership of the downright merch and stuff like that did you you know over the pandemic did you notice behaviors shifting in regards to how people were like buying merch online did you that was that a big boom i guess in certain bands and certain artists yes me and my partner uh seamus benningham um we you know we uh, started downright merch with a couple other people and we just saw that you know we were we're in a you know small warehouse and like in haverhill mass and we just saw like okay we we're gonna stay open we figured out how to stay open and keep shipping and this and that in the warehouse and we just saw it blow up. It just blew up. You know, e-commerce, we were like, we were blessed if there was gods. And it's like, we, you know, we just saw people just were supporting bands that way or labels that way. And it was, it was amazing. It was really amazing. It's just like, yeah, I mean, that was the only way for bands to, you know, you know, you could do live streams or you could do whatever. But, you know, your merch store was your, you know, kept the lights on for you for a lot, yeah. of, a lot of people. Did, did you notice? Did you notice not to interrupt your train of thought? But did you mm-hmm. notice a particular, um, I guess, genre, or was it just kind of across the board? Because you know, I mean, to your point, like when people feel like they need to support, 
you know, bands or what have you, it's probably lesser to a degree of maybe, you know, a more mainstream artist. But, you know, I could be wrong about that. I mean, the metal community definitely, you know, stood up. You know, I mean, it was definitely that, you know, like we we would do, you know, I, you know, more like on the hip hop side of things, too. You, you definitely saw this, you know, the support there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely the metal community and just how the metal and hardcore community just was like ready to go. Like, cool. We drop this T-shirt. Bam. That's out of, out of stock. OK, cool. You know, da, 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 da. it's like it was just people, people, you know. Wanted something to do, and they were just buying stuff on the internet. <laughs> right, good, you know. Yeah, important, you know. No, that's that's cool. I, and I I did think that because people found you know especially too where it's like the 2020 you know summer of uprest with you know Black Lives Matter and like so many bands feeling like they obviously not only needed to support themselves but you know throw their weight behind the cause that they felt so compelled by and they obviously couldn't they couldn't do it any other way besides selling merch they're like here's a shirt all the proceeds are going to this and it was like all bands of all shapes and sizes and it, it it's just right. cool that like you're talking about where the you know people felt compelled to support the bands but then also you know are just like so engaged with uh, how to support whatever cause or whatever band they're looking to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it felt, it, it was like, it was just, it, it was very, very weird in the sense because, I mean, listen, it was weird times, obviously, but it seemed, you look, we're looking at it, it's like, holy cow, look at what we're doing here. I mean, our company grew over COVID because of it, you know? And like, we went from 4,000 to 20,000 square feet warehouse, you know, because yeah. of it, you know? And, uh, it is what it is you know it's like we you know we support we supported all these bands and trying to support all these labels during the times and trying to keep our our doors open and trying to you know keep with you know the whole covid like rules and everything as well you know it was was tough but you know we did it you know what i mean so yeah no it's exciting i mean and to your point too it's like they're you have to especially with merchandise companies like you know there i don't need to tell you the fact that there is that level of transient nature that's like oh this kid open up a print shop and you know all of a sudden like a year and a half later they just they realize that like oh my gosh this is too much work or whatever and so to have to your point that consistency and the idea that like we have people that will help fulfill this stuff and being mm-hmm. a reputable source yeah. for people to go like that's, you know, that you, you have to be proud of the fact that you have, <laughs> you've been yeah. there for many, many years. We are very proud. I mean, uh, like I said, my partner, Seamus Benningham, he, you know, he runs the ship over there and he's, he, you know, it's like keeps it all flowing. You know, it's like, you know, it, it a lot of, a lot of it is just like trial and error, you know, trial and error. There's no, you know, it's just like, how do we do this? How do we do this? You know, moving into a different web, uh, uh, you know, warehousing and like, okay, cool. We got to make sure that the U.S. Postal Service can, you know, so take care of us, you know, in the sense as well. It, it, there's like so many different things that, you know, that came about with doing this whole thing. And it's like, but, you know, it's, like I said, Seamus uh, steered the ship through this whole thing with us. And it's just like, 
it, it's hard. It's a very hard business. You know, any like 3PL, just like shipping and, you know, getting it out to the people, it, you know, you're relying on the FedEx, UPS, you know, and USPS, you know, and it's just like, it's a it's hard business, just making every sure, making sure every customer is happy too, you know, and, you know, we have like customer service people that like, are second to none in my mind, you know what I mean? But there's like other companies out there that are, you know, doing also like just watching this, how this works and trying to be like a, you know, the <laughs> trying to be like a, the Jeff Bezos of merch, I guess we are trying to be, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, it's like trying to make this, make everybody happy and trying to keep the, make sure the bands are happy, make sure the customers happy. It's, it's, it's a detailed business, you know what I mean? And it's like, I think, uh, I think we do a really good job at it. I'm thrilled to welcome a new partner to the show, and that is Diadora, who make probably some of the most comfortable running shoes I have ever put on my feet, and just frankly, comfortable shoes in general. You can go to diadora.com, which is D-I-A-D-O-R-A, and their shoes are incredibly light, super comfortable. I walk like four to five miles each morning because that's like my my decompression time, my, you know, get ready for the day, listen to some podcasts and get my head right. And I wore these shoes, my first pair for about a year and a half, every single day. And uh, the only reason I got rid of them was because I literally wore them down to a nub. And uh, I just, I, I love what they do. They've got great aesthetics cool shoes for you to run walk or just wear casually so i highly encourage you to check out their website diadora.com hardcore kids work there we got a lot of people who are uh, you know involved in independent music and who have been profoundly influenced that uh, go in different directions and this company is definitely one of them so uh you know if you want to support the supportive and you want to support the scene so to speak go to diadora.com dot com check out the awesome shoes that they have and uh live in comfort okay so thank you very much to diadora to your point like when you're in the margins business where it's like it's a matter of making sure the bands get paid what you've agreed to pay them to mm-hmm. and then you know when you're talking about a matter of 50 cents or 75 cents on certain items it's like you know that can make it or break it for you yeah. and so like you said that definitely is difficult for people that maybe don't have that sort of experience and you know being able to like you said you know have a, a person to be able to you know see it through difficult times or whatever yeah. so it's it's cool so putting putting the reflection on uh, new england metal and hardcore festival um you know that's uh, obviously it's a storied institution you've been there since day one and yep. I know this sounds like a very basic question, um, but you know why? Why now? Was it just a matter of like, all right, well, we were kind of maybe thinking about it before the pandemic, you know, kind of took hold, and you know, why? Why now? There's a couple reasons, um, a few reasons. Um, you know, I, I saw Jamie doing uh, the Milwaukee Metal Fest, which is great, and you know, support him in any which way, shape, or form. Good old friend, Mister Josta, there, and like he basically kicked me in the ass to go back to the people at mass concerts and go, Hey, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's, let's try to do this. You know what I mean? Um, you know, John at mass concerts wanted me to do it. And I'm like, we could, he's like, we could do things outside now. It's great. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. But it's like, part of me was like, I want to close that chapter in my life. And then part, we did um, a thing last year called tattoo the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a great time, and it was amazing. And, like, putting that together 
and you know, with with all the bands and friends and everything like that, it it, it just like made me think, and then like just mm, this could be cool. And then people people were hitting me up like, you should do this again. You should do this again. I'm like, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna be fifty two. I just I don't know. It was like I was like, all right, fuck it, we're gonna do it. And so hit up the people at Mass Concerts and was just like, yo, let's figure this out and put this together. And John had um already had Parkway Drive booked, excuse me, for that Friday. And I'm like, let's go. Let's figure this out. So, we, you know, we put together, we used the same, uh, uh, same like, basically the the whole formula from Tattoo the Earth that we did the year before, like having two stages. One was the secondary stage and one was the main stage. But now we're trying, we're going to be doing two main stages outside and then, one small stage inside the small upstairs stage for like up and coming acts or maybe some surprises um, and stuff like that. Just like trying to, you know, just we want to make this a big thing and like trying to make this, you know, a yearly event, make this as big as we possibly can and have as much fun as we possibly can. And with it, and like you, you know, if you've been to any metal fest any year, you know, it's about the vibe. It's about having, seeing some great bands, seeing, you know, great sets and just hanging out with people, meeting new people from all over, all over the globe. You know, we used to have people, we used to have uh, these kids come up from uh, uh, Puerto Rico. We'd get probably at most, I think we had 25 people come from Puerto Rico and every year this guy Noel would bring all his friends and different people every year to, from, to to the metal fest. And then we've had people from China, uh, Korea, all obviously Australia, but different people come all over the, all over the globe for metal fest. So I just like the reason I brought it brought it back was one, Josh to kick me in the ass. Two, I had a good time, you know, doing putting everything together for Tattoo the Earth with the people in Mass Concerts. Three, I just felt like it was time, you know, and uh, that's yeah, that's the long and short of it. More so, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. The uh, so you, to be clear, you're so you're not using the normal quote unquote big room on in, the inside. You no, guys no, are just, no, no, oh, no, wow. no. It's that's that's going to be. Uh, we're actually looking to do some stuff in there with like oh podcasts and different ah, type yes. areas and stuff like that. Uh, we're also talking to uh, we, you know we're trying to do something with uh, um with Jeremy Saffer and uh, Mike D. Uh, but with some photo stuff and some artwork that Mike's done and stuff, we we haven't confirmed that yet. So I don't know if you want to put this in podcast, but uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, but you're you're looking to ha- it's like a multi-purpose sort of art yeah, space for lack yeah, of better terms. Yeah, correct. Like, and then uh, you know the upstairs room will be in full flat, you know, full effect and like you know it's gonna be crazy. And it'll be a good time. Yeah, and, yeah it's gonna that's, be great. No, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, kind of you're reflecting like you were just doing right there in regards to all the different people that you're pulling from all over the world. Cause it, it is interesting how, <laughs> because I mean, God bless Worcester, but it's not exact. It's different than Los Angeles. You know, it's not like people, you know, actively go to, you know, Worcester because they're like, and I use that Worcester because I want to make sure I'm getting the Boston pronunciation. No, no, correct. No, no. You're, saying, you're actually saying it wrong. It's Worcester. W- Worcester. W- it's Worcester. Wor- Worcester. Okay. Worcester. Thank you. There's a a Boston accent, there's a Worcester accent, and then there's a Western Mass accent. Okay. I appreciate that. (laughs) So I, like I said, not, not throwing stones, but it's like, it's not exactly a destination that most people it's on the top of their list, but you like, 
you said, you've been able to attract people coming there and being like, oh, wow, this is a really cool event. Um, if I were to put you on the spot in regards to sort of, you know, Mount Rushmore, um, you know, sets that you can recall. Mm-hmm. And of course, I understand they're all your, your, your favorite children because you've booked it for many years. But what stands out as far as sets over the years that you've personally been like, wow, that's pretty iconic that we were able to do that? Uh, Man of War, first year. Uh, Earth Crisis was direct support to Man of War. That was pretty cool. <laughs> right, that's I totally forgot that Man of War played. That's amazing. That's right. I mean, it was like then the year of Machuga headline, um, the year of Megadeth headline. I don't ask me the years. Um, I won't. I'd have to look them up, but that's okay. Um, those are definitely iconic sets. Um, there's years that like uh, you know it's like oh, man, there's so many good. Like your sleeping giant played, I, you know that were amazing sets upstairs. Um, yeah, I mean there was just so many good, good, good sets. Like you know, like when Turnstile played Metal Fest, that was a great set. It was um, like there's so many like iconic type of things that like I wanted to do this at home. I'm in my office because I'm, uh, my home office I have all the posters and everything. I can go this, this, and this. But you're definitely putting me on the spot here. Um, no, I, I know. And, and, and like I said, the, the Mount Rushmore is like, you know, just whatever, three to four sets. I, I mean, uh, I wasn't there for every single year, but I definitely have a very vivid memory of Converge playing one year where it was, gosh, I want to say it was maybe 2005 or so. But there was this interesting vibe at that particular evening where it was like this. You know, I mean, clearly at that time, there was a little more lines drawn between the division of like metal and hardcore. But like, so there there was a little tension in the air. And it was really fun because Converge came out and Jake was just like, you know, for whatever reason, like was, you could tell he was just on one. And he goes, (laughs) he goes out there and he's just like, what's up, New England? Uh, or New England Metal Hardcore Festival. We're Converge. Fuck you. (laughs) They go to their set. It was great. I just, I just remember that because it was like, as a, you know, hardcore kid that identified more with that than metal, it was just like kind of being like, all right, guys, like, you know, like, just let's stop the pretenses. Like, let's just all enjoy what we're doing here and just chill the hell out. Like, it just felt, it felt so cool. Yeah, it was like, it definitely, like, convert sets were fucking great any which way, shape or form, you know what I mean? And yep. so like, I think uh, it, it's, there, there was, I'm trying to think of like a moment, like, that I was just like, oh, this is fucking great. Like, oh, my God. Like, uh, Kill Switch Engage when Jesse comes back. You know what I mean? And they announced it, like, so it was uh, Kill Switch Engage uh, and Every Time I Die was direct support. And uh, it was just like, and I, I we found out two months in, in advance that Howard wasn't in the band anymore. And, uh, and they're like, we're trying to find a new singer. And I'm like, just get Jesse. And they're like, well, you can, you know, they're like, basically, in long and short of it, you can go, hey, if you don't want us to play, we don't have to play. And I'm like, we can just pull. And I'm like, no, 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 we're going to wait it out. We're going to wait it out. And, like, I knew they tried out a bunch of people, blah, blah, blah. I knew the whole thing. And all of a sudden, they're like, okay, we're good. We're good. I'm like, who's who's the person? They're like, you'll fi- and this was on Friday. You'll find out on Monday. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Come on, let me know what the deal is here. And uh, yeah, it was that was that was great when announcing that Jesse was back. You know what I mean? And that was his first show back with this was Metal Fest. Right, and that was an amazing, amazing time. Yeah. Um, 
Like that was great. Um, what else was there? No, that's that, 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 that's 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 good. You definitely you, you painted a, a accurate picture of just some you know the the diverse heavy lineups that you could have, where it's like oh. it, very rarely would you be able to ever see these bands play the same show, let alone on the same stage. Oh yeah, I mean the 2014 Behemoth set was amazing too. We're here to talk about band merch, and Rockabilia.com is the place where you can find so many pieces of officially licensed merchandise from bands like Slipknot, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix. If you or your friends or family are into music, this is the place that you can find stuff. 100 words or less. That is the promo code that you can enter on the website and get 10% off of your entire order. It ships from the Midwest here in the United States of America, Minneapolis to be precise. Hardcore kids work there. And I know that may sound like, you know, I'm just like throwing that in there as a, a as an afterthought. It's it's not. I love working with companies that have similar principles to all of us and have done really cool things within the context of the music industry or even the broader community as a whole. So rockabilia.com. I love what they do. And like I said, all officially licensed bands get paid. It's the real deal. 100 words or less. 10% off your entire order. Ignore the the box that pops up that's like, hey, so, you know, sign up with your email and you get 10% off. I'm giving you the promo code, guys. You don't even need to do that. So check out rockabilia.com and enjoy shopping there. Thank you for your continued support, Rockabilia. The, uh, just because you've had, you know, a lot of experience in regards to, you know, just not only booking festivals, but booking shows, what would you say um, is kind of, different than what it was, you know, maybe, you know, five to 10 years ago booking this year's run. I mean, I know that you were primarily focused on the the Saturday lineup, um, mm -hmm. but how, do you feel like it's like, all right, well, bands are just, you know, commanding higher guarantees now. So our budget doesn't go as far. Or how does it, you know, what differences do you notice? Yeah. I mean, definitely it's, 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 it's a, you know, a seller's market out there for festival, you know, for, you know, festivals and band, you know, we have to make more money on a festival. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, if you have, they, you know, they demand more money. It's not like, it's like, well, if you're not going to give us this money, we're not going to play. It's pretty simple. Um, yep. And like, you know, you, you, the festivals pay it and you, you got to be part of the game, play the, play the game with it, with it, you know, but in turn, you know, sometimes, you know, you, basically ticket prices go up, you know what I mean? And experiences go up with that, with that. And that's how this all works and put it together. So it's like, you know, trying to make make do and get everything, getting sponsors involved, get everything involved, try to keep the ticket price as low as possible, but make sure that you, you got to pay the bands. Nobody's, no, if, <laughs> it's not like, you know, when you book them, they will come. No, it's like you have to pay these people what they what they want and put together the best festival and, and try to make, you know, build up, the, you know, save the costs on different revenue streams, whether it's, you know, beers or, you know, different types of sponsorships or everything like that. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a big game. It's a new game. It's definitely a new game, especially now that we have a bigger, you know, outdoor area, you know, with bigger capacity. And it's like, but, you know, it's good for the bands, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it makes, it makes them more money and it's, they deserve it too. You know, it's like, it's not, you know, it, you know, it's like we back in the day, we only had, you know, 20, 2,500 tickets we could sell for each day. So we didn't have like and we couldn't do a ticket. We couldn't do a hundred dollar ticket back in the day. You know, right, it's, right. it's ridiculous. You know, so 
we had to, that's one of the reasons why I stopped doing it too, was because it was, I didn't have an outdoor venue and I didn't want to bring this anywhere else. You know what I mean? You can't bring it to Connecticut. You can't bring it to Boston. You can't do, it's made in Worcester. So it's like, uh, I'm not going to do this anymore. And they kept, mass concerts kept doing it for a few years after I stopped doing it. But um, it's like the, it, it's, the pays go up for festivals. That's what it comes down to, and it's nobody's fault, and it's it's just how it is nowadays, and it's it's, it's fine. Yeah, you just gotta work it. You gotta put together the best bill you possibly can, which I think we did. I think we put together a hell of a bill, and yep. you know it's like, and it's you know we're trying not to gouge the, the concert goer. We're trying to give them the best experience possible, and you know it's like we we try to pull out all the bells and whistles for everything, and try to make this as fun for everyone, bands and concert goers us and just you know me i want to have a great time and just like you know have a great vibe for the whole for the whole lineup i don't want i don't we don't want to gouge anybody you know so yeah well and i i, I think to your point too where it's just like that it, it's a as in everything in life it's a delicate balance where yes. you, you have to have the understanding of your overall budget. You have to have the understanding of like what the most comfortable amount to charge the tickets. And then obviously find a, you know, happy medium where everybody works. Like you said, the bands are getting paid. Everybody, you know, kind of, as long as everything is operating, you know, in, in concert with one another to pardon the pun, it, it will be, you know, it will, it, it will work where it's like bands get paid, kids show up, like everything works. It's like when one of those, you know, it's like if a band becomes too predatory where they're just like, I mean, you obviously don't have the choice. You have the choice to not book them where it's just like, dude, I'm sorry, guys, like you're not worth 150 grand. Like, uh, you know, yeah. you're, sorry. Yeah. We just, I just can't do that. I'm moving right along. So yeah. There was a few of those to be honest with you. It was like, sure. no, 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 God, no. What are you, what do I want? You know, it's like, it's, 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 it's definitely situations like that, but it's, you know, like you said, we have to understand our capacity, understand our budget, understand what the, what we can provide and that's it, you know, and we want everybody to have a good time. Let's talk about our friends at evilgreed.net. They are an amazing web store solution for bands and record labels. But what matters to you, the listener, is the fact that you can go to evilgreed.net and shop to your heart's content. They got vinyl, music, shirts, sweatshirts, long sleeves, all with a very specific point of view. They're based out of Berlin, Germany. They honestly act like a record label in the way that they welcome partners in. They're not just open up the floodgates to be like, all right, anybody and everybody can kind of come on in. Let me just give you a small smattering of the sort of bands that they work with. We got Nails, Brutus, Full of Hell. They just launched a store with Better Lovers, who, if you are living under a rock, it's X Every Time I Die and Dillinger Escape Plan. They also have cool stuff from Gate Creeper, Blood Incantation. You get the point. If it's heavy and artistic, they're probably working with it. And some of the cool record labels that they work with, Triple B, Flat Spot, Sergeant House, like I said, you get the drill. And you heard me say, Berlin, Germany, that may be a little scary for you living in the United States, but don't let that scare you because it they ship stuff out very fast. The shipping rates are very, very economical. Like we're not talking like you're going to be paying twice the amount of whatever shirt you're paying for to get it to you in the United States. And I've ordered from them before and it's got to me in like a week. It's incredible stuff. But 
The most important part is using this promo code 100 words. It gets you 10% off your entire order. And trust me in saying that if you listen to this show, you absolutely will buy probably at least two t-shirts, if not more from their web store, because I know I have done that myself as well. So 100 words, 10% off your entire order. Thank you very much. Evil Greed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray. Something that I've found interesting as well in regards to this actually dovetails into the conversation we were having last week in regards to the popularity of hardcore where it's like you know it's arguably the most popular it ever has been and the fact that you made a decision you know very early on in the festival like you said you know looking at whatever what jamie obviously did with you know milwaukee metal fest and many of the festivals that in the united states that you know kind of started in the 90s that had a higher profile was really just concentrated on metal and you know yes there was your health fest and stuff like that but you know i mean it you know no shots against Keith or whatever, but I mean, well, Keith didn't know what he's doing. Let's be honest, but uh, he 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 tried his best. He did a great thing, but um, right, right. But then I I think the inclusion of the fact that not only you're like New England metal and hardcore festival, like it's such a deliberate decision. Um, So, like, did was that? I I mean, like hard baked in when you started to have involvement with it. One hundred percent. You know, we would do shows like I would try to do shows with different hardcore bands and death metal bands all the fucking time. We, you know, and Jamie Jackson did the same thing. You know, we all put, we, this area, like, okay, let's talk about Overcast. Overcast is the true metal core band. They are like, they, you know, they have metallic riffs and it's it breakdowns and, you know, but, you know, and Brian's vocal, you know, lyrics are, you know, through and through. It's like, I just don't, like it came from like I feel like metalcore and hardcore, metal and hardcore combined, smashed together, came from this area or you know blew up in this area. You know, it's like Shadows Fall was you know um, you know it's like on Earth um, aftershock. I I I wanted aftershock to do a reunion for the for the festival and nobody nobody got back to me. 
Oh, bummer. You're like, I tried. I tried. I tried. tried. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was a couple other reunions I tried to do. I can't bring up right now, but I want to do next year. But, uh, yeah. And, like, but I feel like, you know, it's like Converge played with Entombed or, you know, different shows like that. Or Hatebreed played with Entombed and Pearl Street in Northampton. Like, doing different shows, like, combining shows all the time. Yeah. Would there be fights? Fuck yeah, there'd be fights. Hard-nosed asshole. Whatever. You know, put everybody in a box, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's going to be problems. But, you know, for the most part, it was it was fine, but it, that's what we put this together with. You know, it's like metal and hardcore festival. That's, you know, it's what we, it's what, basically what I came to be with all this stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, right. I love Napalm Death, and I love the Chromax, and I love Slayer, and I, I, you know, it's like I love Terror. You know what I mean? It's like, it's it's, but there's so many people in this area that feel the same way. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's why... It came about like that, and it's like right. You had like no, you had no, you had no choice in the matter. And it, it, it to your point, it is very true. Where it's like that particular area, the whole you know whatever Merrimack Valley in general, it has yeah. like <laughs> all, all of that. It's like you know the, the amount of bands that came from that area of all shapes and sizes of all sounds, and like you, especially if you're talking about heavy stuff, you're like. Oh yeah, we can't not have a hardcore band or like a metal band or the fusion of the both play because like that just that's just what we do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. The, I mean, we 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 did all di- in the beginning. We did all different kinds of bands as well. I mean, there, I mean, there was like it was like metal, hardcore. You know, it's like even like we did some like had a, some new metal bands, whatever. But it was sure. like, but it's like. You know, it's like mainly it's just metal and hardcore. You know, it's like, you know, overkill and converge and everything between. You know, what I mean? it's like mad ball yeah. <laughs> and vital remains and everything between. You know, it's like let's go, right? And having right, yeah, we got that. Actually, that right, <laughs> right, that uh, and that 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 strikes a question in my head in regards to how i guess because i'm sure you had fun you know having these conversations behind the scenes as you were you know planning each year in regards to like maybe how far you could stretch the boundaries of what people would be you know interested or comfortable with like i mean clearly like you know putting whatever taking back sunday on the bill like you know yeah you could do that and it like technically could work but at the same time it's like eh, it doesn't really fit or whatever no, um, no, it doesn't fit i mean right like, like this is hardcore doing saves a day was amazing that was a great thing I, 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 that's <laughs> i sat there watch saves a day <laughs> right people jumping off it was um, it was a great set you know uh, but i can't do that we can't do that you know it's like it doesn't work you know right. um but, what's the farthest? What's the farthest that, like, in your head, that you felt comfortable? I mean, that you maybe didn't actually set forth in booking, but like, what did you were like? Okay, maybe if we stretch it this far, or did you? Oh, yeah, understand the assignment. Yeah, okay. I mean, attack, attack. The know, farthest, right? Yeah, the farthest. It was it was commercial metal, you know. what I mean, but so it was a tray you, you know. what I mean, but we did a tray you, but that was back, you know. A tray you was on, you know, victory and blah blah. blah. It all worked, you know. It's like, yep, I don't know. That's, yeah, it's that, that, I don't that's as it, far as you went. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, you sitting at the intersection of what you do within the context of the music industry, you know, merge company, festival, mm-hmm. and then management. Um, yeah. and you've been able to work alongside of a lot of different bands of shapes and sizes, all you know, 
in the context and confines of, you know, metal and hardcore. Um, but, you know, like a band like Kublicon now, where it's like you've watched them grow to where it's like they, you know, they ostensibly are a full-time band now, whereas like, you know, many, whatever, five to six years ago, like there might not have been a pathway for them to do that. Um, on that note of just like the role that a manager plays for bands now, what you, what do you, what do you think? Like, you know, I guess what's, what do you feel that like you contribute? And then what do you think, like, I guess a good manager should, um, you know, kind of do with a band as they're growing? Just help them develop and just, you know, guide, guide them in the correct ways and work, get, you know, get other people involved with proper booking agents, you know, making sure the label's doing their job, making sure that people are doing their job for them, making sure they're doing their job, you know, and trying to, you know, work with different aspects and make sure they have as many revenue streams as they can get, you know, to do this full time because it's, you know, it's, it's a job. It's, it's a fun job, but it's a job for them. You know, this is their lifestyle. You know, it's like, you know, it's, 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 you know, they, as hard as you want to hustle and, you know, just it, things aren't going to happen overnight for you either. You know, it's like a lot of people just rush and rush and rush and rush. And it's like, Hey man, you know, it's like we, you know, it's, it's like, it takes time to develop and to get people to know who you are and to do things. And you have to do it. If you, if you, and I find if you rush things or put too much pressure on things to happen, it always either backfires or it's not that cool. You know what I mean? And you have to let things organically happen. If that makes any sense. Um, yeah. For, yeah. For yeah. Like it's like, you can go out there and tour and tour and tour, 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 tour your ass off and put out records and put out singles and put out stuff and you, you can, and you think it's going to like, Oh, we're going to pop. No, it's not going to pop. It's just going to, everything needs to come together and you need to, everybody needs to work hard on the, on the whole project of making, developing the band. And that's what it comes down to being. It's like, if you, if you think you're going to go out there and become a hit overnight in metal and hardcore world, you're wrong. You know what I mean? There's like, you know, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes a lot of people working with you and for you, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, it can, it can happen. It, it can happen for people. We, you know, it's like, and you just got to put the, put the, put the nose to the grind and do the hard work and, and but have fun doing it and go like it, one of the things I tell people is like, go on tour you know, it's like, go have fun, go to different lands, go to different places, go to China, go to Japan, go play, try to get to different parts of the globe, you know, with music. Music's taken me everywhere, New Zealand, Australia, Europe, and it's taken me all over the place. Canada, sorry, I have to say Canada for Dave Boucher. Of and course, like, <laughs> shout, shout out to the, the legend Dave Boucher, yeah. <laughs> Love him. The king of Montreal. Yes, exactly. Yeah, if you for any any person that has ever played Montreal over the better part of like fifteen years, it's like you have worked with Dave, whether you know it or not. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just he's one of the best people in the fucking world. Holy shit! I love. Agree, agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. But but anyways, it's like try to get try to have fun with it. You know, it's like go out there, do your thing. Just you know, it's gonna. It's just it's it's a hard business any which way, shape, or form. Just go out there and have fun with it. you know, push, push it, and push it, and push it, and try to make as much money you can in 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 
the best ways you can and have fun doing it. That's the way I look at the whole thing. You know, it's right. like, yes, it is a business, 150% a business, but you, it's a business that you can have fun and express yourself. And it's an art form as well. You know? So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and kind of on that tip too, I mean, you have, for as long as I've known you, I mean, I know that you are, you know, an advocate for bands, like you're a true nerd about music. Like you're not one of those people that obviously is a tourist and, you know, kind of dips in and out, mm-hmm. but you have been able to maintain the, you know, for lack of a better term, like editorial clarity where it's like, and I mean that by saying like your your own personal tastes are reflected in what you're booking but at the same time even if you don't like a band but you recognize the value in it like you can still you know obviously include them in it and i think that's like sometimes hard to do like when did you uh, be able to put that in your brain where it's like okay i need to shut off like my fan part of it just because i need to book this band because like you know i mean you and i both know so many people who it's a difficult like they, it's difficult for them to do that. When did you feel like you were able to exercise that muscle? Um, basically, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't, how do I put this? I can see good and majority of stuff. You know what I mean? Like if that mm-hmm. makes sense, like, I don't know. I, I like music and I like, it's uh, part of it's like this. When you're booking a show, doing a show, producing a show, doing production for a show, you meet these people and like they tour and you become, you, you meet them and they're, you become friends time after time, you know, or they're like, I do, I like to meet people and like hang out with them or whatever. And just like, make sure they're all set, make sure everything's good. But do I like the day that I like, Oh, I don't have to like this band to book them. Oh, I don't, Jesus Christ. I don't remember that. Uh, Maybe in the, you know, early nineties, I guess. I don't know. I, okay. I mean, if that makes sense, I did, I didn't really look at it that way. You know what I mean? I never really right. looked at it that way. I looked at it more like, a, Oh, this is cool. Oh, this guy's touring with them. Oh, cool. I can hang out with him. That's my friend. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So it was like, I don't know. I just, I like to meet different people. So I didn't really give a shit about like that. Like, I mean, I knew the band was good and had a following or hype or whatever. Like, yeah, you gotta look, you know, just, buy this, you know, this tour, I know what it's going to do, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, but I definitely didn't like ever think of like, you know, it's like, you know, like, uh, I don't like Bongzilla. I'm not going to book them because I don't, you know, I don't want people smoking. Weed. No, I didn't care. I wanted, I wanted Bongzilla to play because I wanted them to smoke weed with my friends because I, but I didn't smoke weed. I didn't, you know, no, well that, I, I think that that's, uh, that's a very um it, it not only is it a cool mindset because you know it it's putting your fandom of music first but it, it definitely is difficult especially if you do end up you know making a living off of music and being in the music industry to kind of balance those two mm-hmm. things not everybody is able to do that but like you said that's just been you're like i can't even i can't even think about <laughs> what i wouldn't like about this band i'm just thinking about the positives of it because of what they'll bring to you know whatever it is that i'm doing festival yeah. management or whatever yeah i mean yeah managing bands i feel like i have to like them you know what i mean yep I have sure. to like the music. I have to like them as people. I don't want to work with shit people because that sucks. Working with shitty people is fucking terrible. <laughs> yes, like, it that's is. The worst thing in the world. Like, it, it's, I won't do it. I just won't. I'm, you know, like, you're a good guy. 
you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Good person. Good for you. You know, you, you, know you, you love your mom. What's good? Are we good here? Are you, you a good person? Like, you know, like that's important to me. You know what I mean? And yeah. like then in music and okay, music's good. All right, good. You know, it's just like, I don't know. I think that that's very important that good working with good people. Yep. Right. Exactly. And that, and that's why, you know, I mean, clearly the, the festival, you can see the through lines of either management companies, booking agents, or, you know, direct bands that you have relationships with where it's like, oh yeah, we'll keep on, keep on booking them because they're good people and we love working with them. And it's very easy to get this done as opposed to, like you said, working with a <laughs> terrible person where it's like, oh, this is going to be at least six months of work to book a band. Like, come on, I can probably find something else somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the last thing I wanted to hit on was the um you know the, because you do like I said sit at this interesting intersection of all of these different sides of the music business um and the sort of you know trends you can spot and things you can see kind of develop um within within heavy music um now just because you've you're old like myself and I'm have, old I'm definitely yes, old <laughs> we're 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 old and that's cool um what sort of things do you, you know, kind of uh, notice maybe not even so much like a, a trend, like bands are sounding different perspective, but just like, Oh, like this is the way, you know, kids place a premium off of, you know, like not owning something physical, but going to shows or whatever. Like what are the sort of things that, you know, you think are most important to, I guess, concert slash show goers now? The lineup, the show itself, you know what I mean? It's like having, you know, just having a good time. Um, seeing a great show, you know, seeing, you know, your favorite band go up there and just kill it. That's what people want to see. You know, it's like they also want to hang out and be friends and meet new people, meet and hang out with their friends that go to shows and do do things and have some drinks and let loose. You know, it's like, but the show is, it has to be a good show. They want to see a good show. They want to see people pour their hearts out and destroy it, you know, and like, you know, they, they, they want to see freaking everybody just crush. That's what they want to see. You know I mean? That's what I feel like they want to see. You know, it's like, I went, you know, I went to Weezer the other night and uh, outside of playing and I was yeah. like, and they put on a hell of a show. It was great. They put on a fucking killer show. It was great. I mean, I watched two songs and I left because I'm fucking old, but it's sure. like, and like, I got it. Yes. I got right. it. I go now. I'm going home. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go to bed. But yep. it's like, people just want to see a great show. And I think a lot of bands nowadays are showing it and doing great shows, you know, whether it's becoming, you know, bringing the younger bands, bringing lighting packages or different types of things or just, you know, showing, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's a different vibe and people just love it. You know, also the other thing is this, there's no boxes anymore. I feel like there's no boxes or the boxes are limited. A, A person that loves death metal will also like a person that loves despise icon will also love Kublai Khan. You know what I'm saying? So it's like mm-hmm. granted they tour together, don't get me wrong, but there's different things like that. There everything is like cross genres or like I don't you know, it's like I don't it, it, it doesn't matter what people say. There's no boxes. Nobody's like, oh I love hardcore. This is I mean yes, there's fucking elitists, what whatever in each yeah. genre, but there's not many anymore, if that makes sense. You know? It's like yeah. People want to see good music and want to hear good music, and they don't care if they're corny or not. You know what I mean? But whatever. You know, it's, it's great. Right. It makes yeah. Me, it makes me happy, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. That it's like they're, 
the even though you are always still going to be rooted within the context of what it is that you've built it's like you know the the definitions are a little bit broader now so you can you know book bands that are you know maybe not completely outside the norm but it's like you can have these bands and it's like oh yeah they're hardcore adjacent no one would you know bat an eye or they're metal adjacent no one would bat an eye and it feels good whereas like maybe seven years ago you couldn't do that because it was a little more uh, restrictive yeah i mean it's just i just think that the i I call them the kids they're all the kids you know the concert kids these days you know the kids i mean the kids are my age too and so it's like they want to see if they they don't they're they're open-minded everybody's so much more open-minded nowadays i feel like yeah no it's 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 great and like like it can give you a broader base of bands to, you know, look at or look into than, you know, previous years where you're just like, Oh, I couldn't do, you know, it's like just using a random band. Like, you know, yes, it sonically would make no sense to book a band like turnover at your festival, but it's like, people would be like, Oh yeah, I like turnover, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I like napalm death as well, but it's just like, all right, these two things can coexist now. Whereas it would be really tough, you know, seven years ago or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say turnover, but I would say something. <laughs> understand? Yeah, yeah. No, I know that was the extreme reach there, but yeah, I under, understand your point. But um, well, I, I for one, am extremely excited for uh, the the fact that you're you're doing yeah. this again, and I know that many other people uh, will be excited to attend. So um, yeah, thank you for uh, letting me peek under the hood, Scott. I appreciate you. No problem. There's more things under the hood here. I just want to please point out to you. It's like I'm not more than, like. I do all this with other people too. So it's not just me running all this stuff myself. There's other people that I'm partners with that I work with that work with me on this whole thing. I'm just, I'm just the handsome face of a lot of it, but. No, it's true. And I, I think it's really important to not only articulate that, but to just be able to understand the fact that this is a lot of work from a lot of different people, you know, up and down, whatever organization from, you know, people selling, beer and merch and stuff like that okay. all the way up to you know the people who and it's not even up it's just you know a different skill set that people yeah. are employing so yeah yeah i mean even my management company i have a partner even you know downright merch i have a partner seamus and Soundrick. i have a partner cody delong you know it's like and uh, jason michelle and it's like there's so many different you know looking at business you know and how this m- music works and everything like that it, i couldn't do it on my own <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's very, it's very, very true. So yeah, yeah. shout out, shout out to everybody. <laughs> I was just listening. I was just listening to Killer Mike on, on Joe Rogan. He shouted out everybody, even his grandma, like twelve times. It was awesome. There you have it. That was Mr. Scott Lee, New England Metal and Hardcore Festival dude behind the dude, so to speak. Like I said, you need to go check it out. They got tickets on sale right now. I'll be there doing some live podcasts. That is not that important. But what is important are some of the bands, like just so many bangers. If you like anything in relation to punk and or hardcore, you will um, love what they got going on. They got old bands. They got new bands. They got everything in between. And uh, I know personally, I am very, very excited to watch a band like Vane play on Saturday in front of you know, what could arguably be said as a hometown crowd because, you know, they live in that general Boston-ish area. But uh, yeah, I'm just excited for a lot of different sets that weekend. So can't wait to do it. And it's September 15th and 16th. You can find them at anywhere on the internet. Just Google New England Metal and Hardcore Festival. You'll be able to find it. And there you go. 
Next week, I have a great discussion with another person behind the person, so to speak. I have Dave Castillo. He runs and is a co-owner of St. Vitus, which is an incredible venue in the New York City area. They've been doing shows for the better part of 10, 12 years, roughly speaking. And uh, if you have paid attention to tours that go around the country or just a spot to play in New York City, St. Vitus comes up on almost everybody's list. And it's now become an institution where, uh, you know, people are talking about, it's like, oh my gosh, is this the best place to play in New York? There you go. So check it out. But Dave also plays in a band called Confines, and he has a long history with metal, hardcore, and punk. So, of course, I had to have him on and pick his brain. So that's what we got next week. Until then, please be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep... The real danger is in your hand, when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward, don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela E is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yemi's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 106.7 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B.